Welcome to the Awareness Offerings Podcast, a weekly offering of yoga philosophy discussion and guided meditation for the moments we're living in. I'm your host, Laura Tara Davy Joplin. I'm a yoga and meditation teacher, spiritual social media strategist, and integrative counselor, working to integrate the principles of the spiritual path into every aspect of my work and my life. This podcast is an extension of that work as I navigate the world as a white woman devotee of yoga, living at many intersections of privilege, living in the West, and trying to live with awareness. Thank you for joining me in this work. You're listening to episode 21, Line of Sight. Welcome, welcome. 21 episodes of Awareness Offerings, and I am incredibly excited and honored to be sharing this space with you as always. And as always, if you'd like to support this space, support the show, the best ways you can do so are by rating it and leaving a review on whatever platforms you're using to listen. And as always, if you feel called to share on social media or by word of mouth, I'm also quite honored by that. But the biggest honor is to be here. So thank you for being here. And we will get into this week's episode with our traditional opening practice of singing the sound of Om one time together. Om means consciousness. It's a Sanskrit sound and all Sanskrit sounds are said to hold a specific vibration or essence or energy. And so Om is the fundamental essence of consciousness. When we sing it, we're asking for it. We're asking for consciousness, asking for awareness here on the Awareness Offerings podcast. As always, <laughs> I'm saying that a lot today, but really, as always, if you um, you can either do this practice by singing along with me or simply listening. And if you are coming along with me, I'll invite you to get your body into a comfortable position. You might close your eyes or gaze down the tip of your nose or gaze at the floor if any of those are safe and comfortable for you to do right now. And then I'll invite you to take a deep breath in through your nose if nostril breathing is possible for you today. And a full exhale to clear the path for consciousness with your breath. And then we'll take an inhale for one sound of OM together. Thank you for joining me in that practice. And now for this week's discussion through the lens of yoga philosophy. And what has prompted this week's discussion is my thinking about whose line of sight I'm in. And I've stated explicitly before on this podcast that I am aware of not spending every single week just talking about what I'm personally moving through in my life because I don't want this just to be a place where I come to process my shit out loud Um, because there's lots of different places to do that and this is primarily a practice space Um, and that's still very true and I'm also aware that some of the best ways we can offer um, and and 
teach, quote unquote, teach, even though I'm not trying to be on any kind of pedestal here, but um, we can offer teachings to others is just by learning out loud and being human out loud. Um, And so that's what I'm doing this week with awareness that this is going to be me processing some of the stuff that I'm moving through out loud. And it's going to involve some vulnerability um, around some things I'm moving through and my patterns. And I open my heart in this way with the intention of learning out loud and uh, in service of whoever might need to hear it this week. So I've been thinking about whose line of sight I'm in. And that question comes from awareness. Hee hee, awareness on the Awareness Offerings pod. Um, Comes from some awareness around a pattern that I have and have had for many years. um, At least since I got out of high school and started kind of my quote unquote adult dating life. Although at 18, I really don't consider myself an adult, Uh, or at least when I was 18, looking back, I don't consider myself an adult at that time. But this pattern has been around at least since then, if not even earlier uh, when I was in high school. So it's a pattern I've had for a really long time where I will often consciously or unconsciously, consciously a lot of the times, but definitely unconsciously too, I will go out of my way to put myself in the line of sight of someone. Usually a person that I have romantic interest in, usually someone that I have some kind of history with, but maybe it's not going exactly the way I want it to. Maybe they're not reciprocating the way that that I want them to. Maybe there's been a breakup. Um, Just usually things are not happening the way I want them to. And so I go out of my way to put myself in that person's line of sight. For example, there would be times where I would drive out of my way. I was much younger than I am now. Um, Not to say I wouldn't do this now as an adult because, you know, I don't put anything past myself. I try to stay curious to all the possibilities. Um, But I was much younger, but I would put, I would go out of my way. I would drive um, in probably a totally different direction than where I needed to go or just spend extra time driving that I could be doing something else to try to pass a certain person at a certain time when I knew, you know, they might be driving home from work or something to try to put myself in their line of sight. And as a more recent example, um, you know, if I knew that someone I was interested in might be around my house, um, I might try to be outside at that time when I knew they might be around to put myself in their line of sight. And it comes from this idea that, oh, I'm, I have romantic interest in this person, maybe some attachment there, right? Maybe some grabbing onto, uh, to a romantic interest in that person. Um, and it's not going the way that I want it to. And again, it's attachment, me being attached to getting attention from this person, even though it's not happening naturally. So I'm going to put myself in their line of sight to basically remind them of my existence in the hopes that that will then turn it around, right? That will then result in me getting the attention, the affection, the romantic reciprocation that I am looking for. So that's what I mean when I say I'm thinking about whose line of sight I'm in, because I have this pattern of putting myself in the line of sight of people who I am attached to in some way, but are not usually not displaying that attachment to me. 
And even just in saying it out loud, uh, as I as I verbalize it for the sake of sharing it on a podcast, like the wild woman that I am, <laughs> just speaking all of my shit out loud. But even just in verbalizing it, I ca- I'm I'm coming to a deeper insight about what that really is, um, because it's a manipulation of sorts. It is working to manipulate circumstances so that I can put myself in the attention, the awareness, the life of someone that I might not naturally be in their life or in their awareness. I, I, I am not satisfied with what I'm getting. And so I, I do something of my own accord. I put myself in a situation to try to make happen what I want to happen rather than just sitting in the discomfort of being aware that what I want to happen is not happening. I can see it as sort of a manipulation of my life circumstances and a lack of trust, right? I've been working with that a lot in my life lately because I am in a space between relationships. I am not in a relationship, not have, don't have any romantic attachment for the first time in quite a long time. Um, and so I'm using it as a moment to really learn the lessons of my past relationships as I kind of hang out in this transition time, um, as I, as I wait and ask for the real deep partnership that I am asking for. And trust has been a big factor in that. Um, you know, in the moments where I find myself really upset and really, um, kind of hopeless around whether the deep partnership I desire in my life and that I want as a part of how I show up in this life, um, when I get a little hopeless around thinking, you know, it's just never going to happen, I catch myself not trust. I catch myself in, and I realize that is me not trusting, me not trusting um, what is whatever is is unfolding for me, even though even if it's something I can't see yet. And as I talk about my pattern of putting myself in the line of sight of whomever I am um, seeking or attached to. Um, I can see that that is also a trust thing, that it's not it's me not trusting that if this was an aligned partnership or an aligned situation, it would unfold because life goes like that. Life is a process of unfolding. Things are always moving and changing and evolving and developing. That is the nature of aliveness and things are going to unfold one way or the other and if I were able to trust, I could trust that things are going to unfold, whether it involves this person that I am feeling some attachment to or not. But by actively taking a role in trying to put myself into that person's awareness, rather than trusting that if they are supposed to be aware of me in some way, that will unfold, um, that is also a lack of trust. So I'm coming to a lot of insight around what that that pattern really means it it's there's a lot in that around attachment around trust around manipulation all of which can relate to the practices of yoga um, because attachment is um, directly addressed in the classical path of yoga the eight-limbed path of yoga as laid out in the Yoga Sutras by Patanjali um, is one of the first sort of um, frameworks for what the actual path of living yoga means. It's this, the sutras are this ancient yogic text. Um, and 
in the eight-limbed path, um, one of the limbs is the yamas, which are essentially the yogic disciplines, the the do's. Well, there's the yamas and the niyamas, uh, and they're sort of the do's and don'ts. Uh, the niyamas are the do's, the things that we can do to live the path of yoga, and the yamas are the don'ts, the things that we maybe should avoid if we want to really live the path of yoga. And one of the niyamas is aparigraha. Apari graha. And anytime in Sanskrit the word a, the, the, the prefix a, like an a, is used in front of a word, it means non. Um, so let me think of another, another example here. Um, well, I'll just use the example. <laughs> I'm sitting here with dead air on the podcast. So I'll just use the example of the word that I'm talking about. Aparigraha. Um, graha, it kind of translates as grabbiness. Um, so aparigraha is like non-grabbiness, non-grabbing, um, which is non-attachment. So actually in the path of yoga, it is suggested that we practice non-attachment to live our yoga, to live in a, in a, in a, in a state of embodied wholeness. Yoga means wholeness in a lot of ways. So non-attachment is one piece of that. So attachment is grabbing really hard onto a certain outcome, onto a certain desire, rather than just holding what is what is in the moment um, with awareness, knowing that it could come and go, not grabbing it or pushing it away, but just holding it, just being with it. Um, so that is sort of the yogic way of being and attachment can sort of uh, work against that. So attachment, um, it's, it's working on this bit of attachment that I am, that I have historically practiced by trying to put myself in someone's line of sight uh, is a yoga thing, as is trust. Uh, my my spiritual teacher, Swami Jayadevi, who is a monk uh, who has actually taken renunciate vows and dedicated her life to serving humanity through the teachings of yoga, um, she's been talking a lot about trust and she talks about it a lot, um, specifically in the context of meditation, of deep contemplative practice. When we go into really deep meditation, there's often a threshold, a moment where we sort of step beyond our typical way of being, whether it's sort of staying in our minds or like the day-to-day stuff or even our bodies. There's sometimes a threshold in deep meditation where we go beyond that into a deeper sense of connection, a deeper sense of the sacred, a deeper sense of presence, openness, expansion, and it can feel incredible and amazing. And sometimes it can also be scary and frustrating and, and too much because we If we don't do a lot of practice and just as humans, we're not used to living with deep awareness of our expansiveness. We're used to living in sort of the smallness of our day to day. So there can be a resistance into opening up into those deeper spaces of practice. And my teacher talks a lot about how trust is super necessary, just trusting so that we can let go of our attachment to um, our smallness, to what we know, to what's comfortable, to open up into the bigness Um, and the depth of sacred connection, which is one of the things that meditation offers. Um, And that trust is not just about meditation. I've been taught that it also translates into how we live our daily lives. You know, if we can trust enough to open into the depth of the present moment, we can also trust each moment in our day-to-day lives and trust that it's going to unfold 
how it's going to unfold and it's going to be okay because it couldn't really be any other way, whether it's what we want, right? What we're attached to or not. So attachment and trust, those are yoga practices and I'm working with them as I realize this pattern. And the manipulation, the manipulation aspect of me trying to manipulate the circumstances of my life by putting myself in someone else's line of sight. Um, that's a yoga thing too, because it really just, it's a, it's a byproduct of the, the, the lack of trust and the presence of attachment that comes from trying to do something like that. Rather than trusting the unfolding of the moment and the sacred connection that is always with me, which is what I've been taught is that, you know, in spiritual practice on the path of yoga or consciousness or whatever path you're on, we do things to reach for the sacred, to reach for connection. And I've been taught that that connection is always reaching back for us also. It's a, it's a two-way interaction. So rather than trusting that this, that support of the sacred is with me and there's nothing I really have to manipulate to make my life what it's supposed to be, um, I go into that place of, oh, I got to make this happen. I got to remind this person of my existence because that's what I want and I have to make it happen. Whew. So um, I'm sitting here just processing the ways that my yoga practice and the path of yoga is deeply intertwined with this one particular pattern that I'm sitting with this week, which is this me trying to put myself in the line of sight of people who might not necessarily um, want or need me in their line of sight or be reciprocating whatever feelings I may be having. And the reason that this is coming up in particular this week is because I was thinking about a person that I had some kind of attachment to and thinking about putting myself in their line of sight, right? That old pattern, that old habit came back in my mind, but there was something different this time, which is I'm grateful for because that means some of this shit is working, right? Some of these practices are working where normally, you know, I might've had the thought of, oh, gotta go put myself in their line of sight. Actually, now I'm remembering the exact circumstances. Um, I was driving, as I often do when I have spiritual insights, which you've probably heard me talk about before on this podcast, and I thought about driving a little bit out of the way to where I needed to go so for the possibility of putting myself in the line of sight of someone. So that, that old, old pattern um, came back. And Again, where normally I might have done it. I might have just reacted based on the desire, the attachment of the moment, the the pattern of my mind might have just gone with it. There's something shifted. There was a different voice I could hear, perhaps the voice of my deeper self, my connection to the sacred, my consciousness that I have cultivated through practice because something said to me, darling, when the fuck has that ever worked? <laughs> when has that ever worked? Because by now it's an old pattern. I've been doing it at least since I was 18 years old, if not longer. I'm now 27. There's probably been a decade of me trying to put myself in the line of sight of various people who I feel some attachment to, but I'm not feeling reciprocation. And I thought, when has that ever worked? <laughs> And the answer is never because I'm not with any of those people right now. None of it ever worked out. And for various reasons, obviously, it's much more complex and nuanced than that. But truly, just the 
just the experience of having more years lived gave me the insight of when has that ever worked? And first of all, I want to offer that as an awareness around You know, sometimes these practices of trying to be more conscious, trying to grow, trying to live from wholeness, trying to be different than we were before, which are all practices of living a conscious life and walking a conscious path. Sometimes we can't just snap our fingers and be different. Sometimes there, you know, there's not just this miraculous moment where we suddenly live the teachings perfectly. It takes time. It takes falling down and making the same mistakes over and over until we have the insight to say, wait a second, that has never worked before. (laughs) And that's where I was as I was driving and thinking about putting myself in the line of sight of a person. Uh, I had that moment where I was like, when has that ever worked before? And in tandem, in conjunction with that, I've all I've also been receiving a lot of guidance from many different places. One of them was a fortune cookie, believe it or not, that have essentially been giving me the message If I want, because I've had loving, stable relationships before. I've had different qualities that I want in a relationship. And I I want them back in many ways, right? In a a healthier, more mature, more uh, stable way, I want those qualities back. And I I got a fortune cookie a couple weeks ago, right at a really eerily, creepily potent time that said, um, in order to find what you've lost, you got to stop looking for it. So a non-attachment teaching, right? And I thought to myself as I was driving, you know, me trying to put myself in someone's line of sight is textbook looking for it. It's that textbook attachment. And so I really do have to unclench my fists and just let it flow a little bit. And again, it's just never worked before. And so I made the decision not to, and I kept driving. And as I was driving, another insight came into my mind, another kind of teaching moment that came from a voice that was not mine, probably the voice of one of my teachers or the voice of God or the voice of sacred connection um, or just the voice of my higher self, however you want to think about it, that said, rather than trying to put yourself in the line of sight of men, because these are the people that I'm normally trying to put myself in the line of sight of because I'm primarily romantically attracted to men. But this voice said, rather than trying to put yourself in the line of sight of men, why don't you put yourself in the line of sight of God so that you can give it up to the sacred and allow the sacred to work on it for you? And to give to you whatever it is that is meant for you rather than trying to manipulate it and make it happen. Hmm. And what a reframe. And I'm really grateful for it. And it feels potent enough that it can't just be for me. I have to share it because what a teaching. Rather than trying to put myself in the line of sight of men or you could change that to women or partners or you know companies I'm trying to impress or opportunities I'm trying to get rather than trying to put myself in that line of sight what if I put myself in the line of sight of God so I could give this up to something bigger than me and allow that to work on it for me and not think that I'm just I've got to be so in charge of it and when I say put myself in the line of sight of God, what I mean is do 
practices, do sacred spiritual practices that call on a sacred connection. You might say to God, you might say to a goddess, you might say to the universe, to spirit, to the mother, whatever you say. But just I'm speaking about any sacred practices that allow us to reach, right? To do that reaching for the sacred energies, knowing that they are reaching back for us, trusting that. And for me, that's asana, that's physical yoga practice, that's meditation, breath work, mantra, you know, sacred singing, walking in the woods. Um, So I'm finding myself in this place of, okay, if I just do my sacred practices and put myself in the line of sight of the sacred, that force that's bigger than I am is going to take care of what I'm asking for and what I I really need, um, what is really for me, whether I know what that is or not. And so it all comes back to doing practice. And of course, you know that means it's time to do some practice here on the Awareness Offerings podcast. This is the moment where we go into some meditation, some contemplative practice. As always, again, if you're doing anything that would make it unsafe for you to sit um, still and close your eyes, or if you're just doing something else, you know, this might be the moment to pause the podcast and come back when you're ready to do some meditation. If you're coming along right now, I will invite you to find your way into a comfortable seat. As always, it's any seat where you can lengthen your spine, the central line of energy in your body, so that there's just a flow and a connection in your physical body that can then take you into a deeper space of internal connection. You might sit on the floor. If you do, highly encourage you to sit on something, whether it's a cushion or towel or a pillow. You might sit in a chair on your bed. You might sit with your legs crossed, legs extended, one knee bent. There's no right or wrong way, as long as your spine is long and open. And as you find your seat, I'll invite you to close your eyes. Or you can gaze down the tip of your nose. Or you can gaze softly at the floor. Just softening your external gaze in some way so that this practice becomes more about your internal gaze. You turn inward toward yourself. And you might turn toward your breath as you do so, perhaps noticing the flow of your inhales and exhales as they come in and move out through your nose, if nostril breath is possible for you. It's the flow of life and awareness that's always moving through you, tuning into that to kind of settle into your own awareness here. If conscious breathing is not the most supportive practice for you, you might listen to a sound that you can hear in the room or feel the air that's on your skin or the weight of your clothes on your body. Just choosing something that's happening in the present moment to settle yourself into the present moment. Just asking your mind to turn toward what is happening now as a way of putting down what was happening before you started this practice, what's to come after all the rolling, turning thoughts that fill your head. Just putting it down, giving yourself permission. and You can pick it back up later, but for now, putting down the kind of frenetic nature of life and going into a space that might be a little more still, maybe a little more sacred, 
And sacred doesn't have to mean religious or even spiritual. It just means deep. Just setting a container of presence for yourself. Whether you're listening to the breath or tuning into something else. But tuning into your present moment. And it might be that as you try to listen to the present moment, your thoughts interrupt and that's okay. I'll invite you to release judgment around having thoughts because you're a human with a human mind and you don't have to be completely thoughtless in order to do deep meditation. You just have to be committed to the place within you that is deeper than your thoughts, more real than your thoughts. And we find that through different practices. Right now, just the practice of mindfulness of breath or mindfulness of the moment to regulate yourself and drop yourself in. From this place, I'll invite you to bring your awareness to the base of your spine, the place where your tailbone meets whatever you're sitting on, which really is where your tailbone meets the earth, a place of grounding and rootedness. Just another affirmation of you being in your physical body, which is another way of being in the moment. Just focusing at the base of your spine, perhaps imagining your breath as it comes in and out, moving toward the base of your spine. You might imagine looking, even with your eyes closed or soft, looking toward the base of your spine to turn your awareness there. You might feel sensation there or imagine a light there. Anything works, just bringing your awareness to this space at the base of your spine. And from this place of rooted awareness at the base of your spine, I will ask you, I will invite you to connect to whatever it is that you are kind of asking for, wanting, working for, hoping for in life right now. For me, it might be that supportive partnership. It might be a job opportunity for you or friendship things or Uh, A living space opportunity might be a new creative endeavor. Anything at all. You know what it is. Just connect with that which you want, need, are asking for at the base of your spine. And then we're going to use the breath and a little sacred imagination, a little creative visualization to make an offering out of it to offer it up to something bigger than ourselves as a way of kind of putting ourselves in the line of sight of the sacred, trusting the sacred to um, take care of whatever we need, even if we don't exactly know what it is yet, right? You can just offer up your breath, 
but trusting the sacred rather than thinking we have to do something about it and have to even, you know, manipulate or make things happen. Just offering it up. So at the base of your spine, which is where your awareness rests now, you connect with that which you want, need, are asking for. In a moment, we're going to take some awareness over the head. The space above the head is typically associated with that connection to something bigger than us, to the sacred, to consciousness, the universe, spirit, God. You decide and you know what that is for you and Just keep that in mind. Whatever name you give to sacred connection, know that we're going there when we go over the head. So with your awareness at the base of your spine, kind of gathering up everything that you're asking for, we'll inhale. As you exhale, send your breath up your spinal column all the way to the crown of your head. So all those intentions, all those asks are at the crown now. Now inhale at the crown of your head. As you exhale, imagine sending your breath up and out the top of your head into that space of sacred connection. Just putting it all in the line of sight of the sacred. Next inhale, imagine breathing down from the crown of your head into your body. Exhale all the way back down to the base of your spine. Inhale at the base of your spine. Again, gather up that ask and that intention. Exhale, send the breath, send it all up your spine to the crown of your head. Inhale at the crown of your head. Exhale, send it up and out the top of your head. Make it an offering. Inhale from above your head, down into your skull, down into your body. Exhale all the way down to the base of your spine. Inhale at the base of your spine. Exhale, send it up your spine to the crown of your head. Inhale at the crown of your head. Exhale, send it up and out into connection above the head. Inhale from above down into your skull and into your body. Exhale all the way down your spine right back to your tailbone. One more time, this breath practice of making it all into an offering. Inhale at the base of your spine. Exhale up your spinal column to the crown of your head. Inhale at the crown of your head. Exhale up and out. Offer it up. Inhale down from above into your skull and into your body. Exhale, take it all the way down to the base of your spine. On your next inhale, breathe up from the base of your spine and just travel the breath and awareness to the center of your chest this time. And exhale at the center of your chest. And take a few breaths here, breathing in and out at your heart space, the energy center of your heart, of compassion, gratitude, and unconditional love. Just landing in your heart in some sweetness and love after making it all into an offering 
kind of doing this deep practice of asking to trust rather than trying to manipulate anything. And then you land in your heart and know that, you know, those sacred energies are reaching back toward you. The energies of life, of awareness, of just simple aliveness. They're reaching toward you and you are loved. You are seen in all that you are. And there's nothing you need to do to earn it. Just breathing in and out in the heart with an intention of love, if that feels good to you for a few moments. You can stay in this place as long as you'd like. You can pause my voice and continue your practice here. When you're ready to transition, I'll invite you to inhale through your nose. Sigh through your mouth, grounding breath. Two more like that. One more time. can transition out of the space of formal meditation by perhaps blinking your eyes open, moving around a little bit. But even with eyes open and more information to take in, now with all your senses activated, I'll invite you to keep some awareness at the center of your chest in that space of loving trust where you can hold your life without grabbing or pushing away and know that love is reaching back toward you. Thank you for joining me for this awareness offering and for going into embodied practice with me. You can find me on social media at Laura Tara, L-A-U-R-A-T-A-R-A on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. My intro and outro music was created by none other than my very own brother, Oxella Sun, O-X-E-L-A-S-U-N, whom you can also find on Instagram.